All right. So it looks like it was just a simple mugging. Uh, we'll do our best to track down the thief, but uh, not so fast, all, all the guys officer. Your Detective, what are you doing here? I want to take a look over this body first. This is no uh, simple mugging. This is just this is just the woman who. It's not really a body situation. She's still alive. If you consider the watch on the victim's wrist, presumably broken in the struggle, you'll see that she came in no later than ten minutes before this restaurant opened. We can surmise, then, that the killer tended to know beforehand who this woman was. Richard, aren't you, don't you think you're kind of rushing onto some circumstantial evidence there? I mean, I think this is pretty much just a, just a mugging. Anyone who understands the criminal mind would realize that no criminal would go in before a restaurant opens. No, what you want to do is go into late hours. This, this victim and the criminal knew each other. Uh... Okay, I'm not really following your logic. Can you can you kind of explain a bit more on that? It's very simple. Recall, if you will, three months ago when I had dinner at your house. I was flirting uh, with your wife for some time, and I noticed that what? you bought her that lovely necklace. Are you... Richard, are you... Are your eyes closed? Are you sleeping? At that point, I recognized the jeweler who made the necklace. His it was none other than Malcolm. Malcolm Richard. McDowell. Richard, are, are you asleep? You might notice you the name. Request? It's the same last name as the victim's ID in, the, in her wallet. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is just a mugging, Richard. But that's not the end of the story. Because you uh, see, the victim has a wealthy father, one she doesn't even know about. The father has been taking care of her for years without his her really, knowing. Uh, Richard, but now the really wells run too much dry. Information. If, if you got this information, we should really go down to the station and get this taken down by a stenographer. It was all too easy to set up. If you look at all the evidence, sir, you'll recognize that there's only one truth that prevails from this mystery. My name is Jimmy Kudo, or at least it was until some secret crime organization slipped me some strange poison changing me into a kid. But as a kid or a teenager, I'll put the clues together. Because with a keen eye for details, one, one truth, truth will prevail. prevail. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I, I have like, no I clue like how he gets it slightly wrong. <laughs> I, I have no idea what I was saying. <laughs> that's fine. I think it's fine. It's just like I'll, really disjointed, I'll, like I'll semi the, hints. I'll put the um, sleuthing music behind it. And yeah, it'll sound legit. <laughs> I really hope you do. <laughs> that music puts like that does a lot. That's for the legitimacy. The second of the best amount of that's the second best track in this show. Yeah, because <laughs> you know, if you turn your brain off and you just listen to what Conan is saying without any context, it really just sounds <laughs> like he's bullshitting. <laughs> like, it doesn't sound like he's doing any detective work. He's just like, uh, we'll, we'll get into exactly why it's like, so bullshit. Like, but I, I bullshit quite a bit. <laughs> I've been called out on like somebody's somebody was saying like, wow, he really he really knows a lot of stuff, and somebody else said. What? No, he makes stuff up like 80% of the time. He's just really confident. Yeah, there's there's some there's some amount of bullshitting that you have to do in order to be a confident person. But if you do too yeah. much, you're insufferable. And I haven't figured out what the <laughs> ratio is. The middle path, Ben. It's it's about Buddhism. Yeah, it's Bodhidharma. <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever read that Siddhartha stuff? The middle oh, way? Oh, Siddhartha. Yeah, it's great. 
it is okay. I had a philosophy class one time that the the professor on it got fired for being excessively weird. So mm-hmm. that should tell you the quality of the course and <laughs> how I now relate it back to that uh, that middle path stuff. So speaking of the East, we should get into yeah. the anime we watched, and we should start by introducing ourselves. As I understand, this anime takes place in a monastery. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's so, all an allegory uh, for uh, throwing away your sinful behavior, <laughs> devoting yourself to one truth. <laughs> and the one truth is that I am Zane. <laughs> and my name is Ben. And we are the Carton Casters. Um, this is the Carton Cast, where we, we review old cartoons, which are apparently still running, and see what we think of them now that we've uh, that we've developed a bit. Yes, the Carton Cast closed. One truth prevails. <laughs> this is now the one. third time we've said the joke. One truth prevails. That was not okay. One truth prevails. Shame on me. <laughs> two, two truths truth prevails. prevails shame on you <laughs> no you did that backwards did i yeah it's one truth pre- no it's not it's <laughs> fool me once shame on me because you or shame on you for fooling yeah, me it, fool me twice shame fault. on me what isn't there a thir- i feel like that's something that comes in threes what happens the third time uh fool me fool me thrice fool me nice fool me all, uh, mixed up with sugar and spice <laughs> i mm. i think <laughs> Yeah, that sounds right. (laughs) Add a little chemical X. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, and thus Conan the Edogawarian was born, Um, which leads into uh, our production, but I guess we should first talk about what we're going to watch. So we or what we did uh, watch, watch rather <laughs> we're not I watching watch. it while we're talking. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know if so anybody out in the internet thinks that we watch these while we're talking about them. Because yes, let me let me explain the process. Oh, hang on, hang on. This looks like a really good intro. I want to see it. <laughs> it's the same intro. Oh, that's right. We Is did already really watch. This. It was the first session. <laughs> like in one in the in a show that has amazing music, they really just pick the worst intro. And you, you didn't like possible. that. No, ugh. it was weird, but I thought it was good. It was, like, it was, it was not the genre. <laughs> I will grant you that. <laughs> it was like the whiniest angst rock intro. <laughs> it was like if the show was actually him just training for the soccer tournament. Like, I guess I think I, I thought it was profound when I was young, but it's just like they have so much better here. It's hey, like we should get, the show we watched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. The show we watched is uh, Case Closed. Yes, Detective um, Conan the Barbarian in the East. That's right. Uh, it's co- called Great Detective Conan, and it started as a uh, manga yeah. in 1994. So this this has roots a bit earlier than and it actually came out. So uh, I wanted to talk about the uh, the genre of it really quick. Because sure you had mentioned that it was something known as Seinen. Seinen, I thought. Seinen. Yeah, and it's... The way sign in manga is defined is as um, is by its market, which is just male audiences from like seventeen to forty something. Like you know, yeah, uh, young 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 men, uh, <laughs> young to middle aged men in in Japan. What you didn't yeah. tell me was that this has three subcategories, two of which are hentai. So <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, apparently, if you subdivide this out, one of it is. Um, uh, Yaoi and Yuri. There's, there's. Okay, I know, I, I know of those. I'm aware I don't of the think, names. I was not aware that those were part of Sinan. Yeah, well, I mean, you can imagine male audiences, seventeen to forty. A lot of it's yeah. going to be sex focused, but in fact, it's just. Um, this is just for a mature audience. 
Well, it's 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 for male audiences. You, you're also <laughs> right. You, you know, some of it's mature. Some of it's like uh, some of it's you know really dire stuff and um, existentialism and you know finding yourself. And then you know some of it's sex, and a lot of it's just sports and games and business and and you know um, stuff like this, which is you know yeah. mystery mystery novel detective novel stuff. Yeah. And it's interesting that it's it's for a male audience because in the United States the the detective genre is more like a middle aged housewife kind of kind of interest. Yeah, uh, as is uh, as is you know uh, uh, mystery novel like porno mystery novels, right? Right, right. The the romances. You just pull up a Nicholas Sparks, get your hair done, gossip to your girlfriends. <laughs> What if in every issue of Playboy they had like, uh, like a time a tint, reversing like a... pill that just transforms <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the males so get... the male models uh, into let's their give boy a counterparts? More on the production before we get into the ridiculous no, it, premise. It, it, well, <laughs> okay, um, I so guess I'll I'll bide my time. So TMS Entertainment made it into an anime in '96. Too much stuff entertainment. Um, I believe is what. It is. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I, I, Sim- I really, there's I'll simply too much. Take a minute here. <laughs> why don't Why don't you just say stuff and I will hide too in the much background. Simon. Um, but the English the, the English dub was made by Funimation in 2003, and they changed the name to Case Closed because you know we get confused when there's more than one or two Conans. Yeah, it's well, it's not a common name. That's that's a reasonable precaution. Right. There's there's the Barbarian. There's the Librarian. <laughs> and there's the guy with the red hair. Uh oh yeah. The Conan O'Brienarian. Bribarian. Yeah, it didn't sound right. Yeah, right. And uh, Bribarian thing makes cartoon. me think of somebody whose job it is to bribe people. <laughs> as opposed to a as opposed to a uh, librarian who cuts hair. Correct. <laughs> um but this ran on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim Block, but didn't rate very well and they only um they only dubbed, I think, the first couple seasons. Well, you're you're, you know, you're you're competing for male audience attention, like alongside stuff like you know, uh, Hamtaro. Like, there's just no contest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, think about the audience the the audience that this would reach to. You know, I enjoyed it as a younger man than than the demographic, but you know, hang on, a what lot is that people... sentence? <laughs> you enjoyed it as a younger man than the demographic. <laughs> Yeah, younger than the demographic would be. But, you know, it, it came on <laughs> okay. pretty late. I felt weird staying up that late to watch it. And, you know, people have jobs. People have things to do at that age. And it's... Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it was a good time slot for the demographic it was trying to reach. Perhaps not. It, uh, one thing I found out about this show, watching it, is that it doesn't make you feel... Uh, Conan doesn't really feel heroic. Like, he's the protagonist. Mm-hmm. He's definitely the protagonist. But... He's not really like a cool guy protagonist, beat you with my sword, do my power-up level attack. Yeah. It's not very empowering story. It's a depowering story. He's learning to make do with less, and that's not very cool. He has limitations, and he's making the most of it. I thought that was really cool. Yes, it is. But it's not. But it's, it's not, not the sort Dragon of Ball Z fantasy. cool. <laughs> yeah, that's that's for the teenage power fantasy. That's um, shonen. Oh yes, yes. So Sinan, I. It, I, it's probably not supposed to be this, but you can sort of consider it a uh, depower fantasy, wherein you're right. in a bunch of situations where you don't know what you're doing, <laughs> such <Right>. as sex. <laughs> mm. <sighs> oh, sorry, nerds in Japan. Much love. So you want to <laughs> run down the premise of this thing? Why don't you do it? I uh, actually didn't write up a premise. So a right. little, little peek behind the curtain. Uh, finals week for me. So I only just finished up yesterday. 
I am no longer in this quarter. Grad school finished out. And, uh, you know, so I'm going to have a lot of free time coming up. But I I mostly, I watched a lot of this show, but I didn't really write up many notes. So if you want to try to give me the plot, that'll be great. Okay. So Jimmy Kudo is a teen detective who regularly outpaces the police department. Yeah, we're going to call him Jimmy Kudo. This is, we're doing the dub because we're used to it and because it's a pretty good dub. Yeah, I tried listening to the sub, and it, it, you know, if you see the dub first, the sub really doesn't do it for you. Yeah. Um, but Jimmy is ambushed by some strange men in black from a shadow organization. Yeah, which I believe is just a bar, because their names are just liquors. <laughs> yeah, which I, I think that's a nice naming convention. I, I think it's nice. I, it doesn't really make any sense, but it's nice. <laughs> Um, they drug him with an experimental poison, which is supposed to leave no trace, but instead it just shrinks him into a child. It's not enough product testing for shadowy <laughs> organizations these days. What happened What happened to the rats that they tested it on? Why did they think this would kill someone? What happened to the Master Ball, huh? You know, you got Team Rocket. They did tons of testing on the Master Ball. They only had one prototype, and you had to steal it from them. What? They, all their assassins get experimental poison? <laughs> what is that about? Um, so Jimmy takes on the alias Conan Etagawa after, um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and, um, what was it? Something Etagawa? Yeah. Uh, Sir Arthur Conan Etagawa, I believe. (laughs) That's right. Um, who are both famous mystery novelists, Conan Doyle, of course, making Sherlock Holmes, who Mm -hmm. Jimmy references. And yeah, uh, by being himself. (laughs) Right. And he's sort of detected, uh, he's sort of adopted by private detective Richard Moore. And his daughter, Rachel, who's his not-quite-girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, it's... Yeah, we can talk about it when we get to the characters. And so every episode is basically... There is a murder or some other mystery. They go around. Richard tries to solve it because he's got this reputation as a great detective. And Conan actually solves it. Now, you're leaving out the macro plot, which is why Jimmy is doing this. Because his reasons for, Mm -hmm. you know... uh, By solving these crimes, he's helping Richard you know shit detective his his he's helping his image he's helping his business you know at sort of cost to his own business because he's like this ace detective nobody even goes to richard while he's you know a young man um Mm -hmm. or you know less young man but uh (laughs) now that he's out of the picture richard can kind of uh fill that power vacuum and conan helps him along um sort of willingly for two reasons which i think are interesting one is that he's trying to pick up leads about the organization to try to figure out a way to reverse the de-aging and the second one is because he's an egomaniac and cannot help but solve mysteries it's a compulsion it really is it's like sherlock holmes right like this is what fuels him he has to do this to function <laughs> Except instead of um It's his heroin. Yeah, instead of fencing he's got soccer and instead of, you know, cocaine he's you know got that tranquilizer dart. <laughs> I didn't make that parallel. <laughs> I'm not sure which he not uses quite sure only that, on other people. <laughs> not quite sure that makes sense. Um but yeah. Um one thing I wanted to ask about the plot is what exactly is the organization doing? Besides being assholes? The they well <laughs> like they're always sort of connected to like drug deals and like this shadowy business for making a lot of money but you would think that with a plot that it you know employs so many assassins i don't know i thought that it was more of a grandiose sort of thing rather than just money 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 
so so this show is one of the longest running animes and is in fact still going i think yeah um but they only translated the first couple seasons into english so i don't really know what the later macro plot is um i know that at some point jimmy you know meets a member of the organization who is like uh she's a uh She's an operative, but, like, she makes a mistake, and uh, she gets the poison, uh, but she shrinks. Well, I think she actually tries to commit suicide, poison suicide. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It was pretty metal. they didn't try it on anybody else after they... Why did they, like, <sighs> Women killing themselves on... with pills, am I right? Do it like a man. Did... Blow your brains out. <laughs> Why didn't they check up on Jimmy after they thought he killed... After they thought they killed him? Like, How would they check up on him? To see, they're testing to see if this poison works. Just go back and see if the body's still there. They don't, they don't, they're not testing out the poison. They're trying to get rid of the body without it being traced to them. Why would they? Yeah, but they don't. They don't know what the poison does. No, they clearly. know that it. They know that it kills. They know what it's supposed to do. But it doesn't. Well, they you know they were probably making out and booze was uh, and gin was <laughs> tasting some vodka and vodka was tasting them gin. They they might not have been yeah. in the right frame of mind. I suppose not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that 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 is the basic plot, and I, I really don't care about the macro plot. It doesn't matter. No, it hardly is even ever mentioned. The characters are even kind of not even that important. Like, it might be more of a. You might want Jimmy to get back to his older self if maybe the impact was a little stronger among his family and friends, but. But his parents really know and any. are down with it. Rachel seems mm. to accept it as a given that he's just out of town for a while. And for a long while. <laughs> and he doesn't seem to care that much just as long as he gets to solve mysteries. So it effectively doesn't really matter that much. Yeah. I, I wanted him to return back to normal, but only in like the epilogue, hey, he gets back together with Rachel, everyone's happy kind of thing. Yes. Sherlock's finest hour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would love there to be like a season two epilogue and then just keep on coming out with episodes like it didn't happen so that I can have both things. But Well, frankly, I'm glad that there's not more pathos in this show for Jimmy because can you imagine mm. how frustrating it would be wanting him to like, like imagine if like Rachel was heartbroken all the time and if Ugh, and yeah. if he couldn't tell his parents where he was and just like all of his friends are asking about him and they think that he's dead. Like this would yeah. be, this would be well, that's, pretty hard. Well, that's rending. why. That's why Sherlock Holmes is generally depicted as a very cold, you know, analytical, uncaring person. And I mean, <laughs> watching the show, it'd be like, man, why would I care about this murder when there's teenage angst going on? <laughs> yeah, we don't have to pull a, we don't have to pull a Kim Possible on this one. Conan knows what's going on. Conan knows what's up. <laughs> right. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, Jimmy slash Conan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, same character, of course. Mentally, they're equivalent. Um, right. They are voiced by different people. So Jimmy Kudo is in in the English version is uh, Jerry Jewell, who played the angsty Keo in Fruits Basket. Okay, I don't uh, know but, who that but, is, and I don't care to know. It's pretty. He's the cat person, and then uh, oh, Conan yeah, that's is voiced me. by Allison Victorin, who I didn't see much else for. Okay, yeah, they're good voice actors. Yeah, they certainly fulfill the. Roles. I really like Jimmy's voice acting, actually, especially mm-hmm. when it's coming out from a small eight-year-old boy body yeah they do a really nice you know they sort of do a freeze shot on him and his reaction and you just hear 
Jimmy's voice coming out of it. Yeah, it's his monologue. Sometimes he can actually talk in that voice because he's got like this super high tech bow time voice modulator. <laughs> right. And hearing him talk as a 17 year old from an eight year old's mouth is just a very funny image to me. <laughs> Especially <laughs> yeah. because the eight year old looks like the slyest motherfucker that ever lived. <laughs> bow tie, buttons short pants like imagine <laughs> he-man saying a one-liner but like Adorable. a little five-year-old girl is saying it in his voice <laughs> like that, that, that's why it's funny <laughs> one truth prevails skeletor <laughs> Tee-hee. Um, sprinkles yeah yeah he has so he has this uh bow tie that can do voices so you know nobody's gonna listen to a kid solve a crime but they'll mm-hmm. listen to the people around him the adults the detective so he, he a lot of times he uses his other gadget, uh, sort of his tranquilizer dart, to make Richard fall asleep and then do his voice from behind the couch. Well, the thing is that, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, which, man. Which really suspends your disbelief. It does, and we'll, it get keeps ba- happening. we'll get back to that in tone and genre, but this this show is so unbelievable, it's almost, it, it is almost cringy. Like, right. it, it's kind of hard to watch it and not, like, roll your eyes. But, yeah. uh. That does, it relates to one thing I wanted to say about Conan, which is that his metamorphosis into this younger man is sort of forcing him to be humble. Because yeah. uh, the way he got caught by the assassins was that he tried to take on problems that were too big for him without any backup, without any plan, just assuming that he could handle it. It is now explicitly in a situation where he won't be able to handle it, and he has to seek out alternate avenues. And he's much quieter and much more downplayed, and I think... His character is only interesting because he is a small child. Right. Like, in the first episode, when he's regular Jimmy and he's exposing somebody, he's, like, in front of a huge crowd of people. The the police are there. Look at my massive throw- dick, shit lords. He's throwing stuff at the... At the, the greatest you know, motherfucker murderer. that ever lived. Look at my <laughs> biceps. I think that humility really does add a lot to, to making us care about the character. Completely. And really heightening the stakes. Because, you know... Jimmy's an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> there's no, there's no beating around the bush. He's just, he's just a and, cock salad. You know, he's just not I'm a good person. I'm glad he's finding the murderer. Like, I'm cool with that. But like, <laughs> I'm not. These murderers are incredibly inventive. Uh, they kind of like need mm. to go work for like IBM or something. <laughs> um, or but Mac- uh, one of the one of the things he does, so he gets these inventions from his like professor friend who also knows the secret yeah uh dr wiley yeah that's right right and and uh, he also has doesn't like, he even have like, a german accent he does he does fuck's sake um but he also has these shoes that give him a little power boost but he, i don't see him use them that often. oh man you missed out because it's really awesome and uh, he uses a lot more often toward the earlier ones but then later he definitely does a lot more you know sleuthing sneaky stuff zane i'm going to talk about the shoes specifically later because it's one of the coolest things in animation <laughs> all right um, cool but we let's let's get back into conan so mm-hmm. i talked about how conan seems way more mature than jimmy like this is his maturity arc and it's really funny that it's this you know, it's 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 ironic that he has to devolve in order to see how powerless he is but right. at, like in the first episode like where this happens he's like i can't i can't take the, these guys out i need an edge i need to like run like he this is like it's like in that scene with uh, Five O where he's like taking on br- problems that are too big for him, and he realizes all in one flash that he just can't do it. 
Yeah. And, and he sits on a barrel. And he goes and sits on a barrel, and uh, Jimmy Stewart comes in and takes care of everything. <laughs> that was a really nice first episode of Conan. But... <laughs> <laughs> But like like uh, I said, although he laments the situation, he the event is forcing him to become a better detective. Yeah, and you know I, you can't have that much character arc if it's strewn about like fourteen years or some whatever. But it's <laughs> it's nice to know that it has a function to his eventual, you know, to to whom he eventually aspires to be. Like this will absolutely. be worth it. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. One thing I wanted to mention about Conan, which relates to the tone, is that, uh, you know, th- this this setting, like, like like we have alluded to, all of the murders are in the most ridiculous ways possible. <laughs> all of the murderers, like, I saw one where someone assassinated somebody from over a building by casting a fishing line at him and hitting him on the head, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. from over a building over, and, like, suspending disbelief is pretty hard to do there but think about how conan is like constantly telling richard Moore, no there's always another secret there's something beneath the surface one truth prevails <laughs> in but in reality no. no there's not no the guy got the guy got fucking killed for like 18 dollars. It, it sucks but it happens like <laughs> right like conan would be a really shit detective in anywhere except for this show <laughs> like this show this is is the this only is clearly place the motives of a background evil organization who's the real killer it can't be the butler that's too obvious <laughs> it's too obvious because he's confessing and holding a knife <laughs> i must be protecting someone <laughs> i know no, this wait, game you're trying to trick me it was the butler <laughs> yeah who else are you working for like imagine these characters in any other scenario everyone would just be like kid you watch way too much fucking tv <laughs> right <laughs> leave it to the professional he knows what he's doing there was like this one episode of house and you know it follows the same sort of arc where you know it's always the craziest disease and the most random happenstance or uh confluence well, of house, events house is also based off of sherlock holmes yeah 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 um a little bit but they made him a doctor a little bit more obviously because it's a uh well maybe not obviously but like the parallels are a little easier to see because he's an old man as well with a cane sure. um and a right. drug habit but in that <laughs> in that episode it was so refreshing the one time that um it really was just like the common cold and the doctor's like why the fuck did you think it was lupus it's the common cold most of the time. Don't be assholes right. about it. <laughs> like, and it was just so refreshing to see that, that them admitting that most of the time it is not this crazy circumstance. But in this universe, it kind of is. <laughs> yeah. And what's more is a lot of the times the murders happen while he's there. Yeah. <laughs> like, is is his family under a curse? I, I think it's, I think that a bunch of criminals are just coming out of the woodwork just being like, man, if I can trick him, I can trick, I can make it in Hollywood. Like, I need to come up with the most random plot with just very, very few threads connecting it, and we'll see if he can work it out. But oh, alas, like, he uh, is better. He is better than everyone. Like that episode of Monk where uh, the Jason Alexander character tried to set up something that's so on such flimsy evidence that only he could solve it because <laughs> he figured it out ahead of time. Uh, there was a there was also an arc of that in Dexter, um, when he when his brother is trying to contact him, he's committing murders in such a way that only Dexter will be able to see the the connection. 
And uh, yeah, because well, that's easier than sending a letter. <laughs> yeah, well, people can trace that, man. <laughs> right. It, it, like <laughs> I said, in these shows, attention. it doesn't work like that. Nothing is simple. <laughs> um, yeah. Why would he leave a piece of chalk on the ground? <laughs> Dude, maybe somebody else dropped some chalk nearby. Not so like, it's fast. Not... <laughs> <laughs> that chalk was made in circa 1988 from a production company out in East Ohio. Commonly known as the... <laughs> the steam engine was invented in <laughs> You could just kind of listen to it, Richard Moore just, like, explaining the dictionary in really haughty, condescending tones. Aardvark. It's that thing with a big nose. You may, you may recall it snuffling it around you your backyard if you live in... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about Richard uh, No, we, we can't. Yeah, we're not done with Conan. Aren't we? No, we, there are a couple things I wanted to ask. Okay. Um, and I do have to ask them, because it. Uh, I was wondering why Conan has kid friends. They, okay. Can you explain this to me? I believe they explain this in some episode, but basically, he apparently, for his cover, has to go to grade school again? Yeah, he, no, he doesn't, though. I don't know why they're not like, yeah, this kid's, like, pass him through a few grades. Yeah, <laughs> skip him a... Put him, put him in the, put him on the fast track. But I guess he could be know, smart they guy. Really, they really pal around like with little him. Will Smith. <laughs> they really like him, and uh, they want to hang out with him. Well, and obviously, I guess he doesn't really see the harm. In, he, he, so this is his egomania coming out. He needs fans, and they're the only ones who will respect I actually, him for being a genius. I actually related this to his Sherlock behavior because, like, mm-hmm. you go through Sherlock's things, like his addiction to being right and the thrill of the hunt, right? You have your single target sexuality. It also applies here. Although there's a bit of an opportunity cost that gets in the way for Conan, but not important. <laughs> he only has eyes for Rachel. And then you have what I consider the most interesting aspect of both Sherlock and of Conan, which is that, I mean, as as they say in the BBC show, um, he self-described high-functioning sociopath. <laughs> right. And uh, And part of that, Part of what goes along with that is his compulsive need to like be better than his surroundings, and I'm I'm not certain how that exactly that relates to having fans. It just I don't know. It doesn't seem like it fits to me. I I, I don't find it too disruptive. I you know he wants the attention. He wants the the ego. I mean he's learning. There's definitely that character arc, but you know it's nice. To, and they are occasionally useful. Because this is crazy universe, but... Yeah, kids are the future, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't really like the kids. I understand that they need that to, like, fill in the plot holes, but I just didn't find them that interesting to reflect on Conan. And they weren't. They're, they're you know, single-use characters. Mm-hmm. They're, they're kind of... They work as a unit. Speaking of a unit... Uh, <laughs> let me try again. Speaking of a single-use character, uh, let's talk about Rachel. <laughs> Yeah, well, I I actually like Rachel. Oh yeah, yeah. She um, I think she's a cool character. She's a competent martial artist. She goes along on murder cases and like usually isn't that phased by them. Like she's used to it. Well, her dad is a private investigator. Exactly. Um, and I like her relationship with Jimmy. It's 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 romantic, but not in the Disney sense. Like they were best friends, and she misses him, but like not just as her romantic counterpart. Like she she misses him because they were friends. There, there's a thing in anime where they never quite get to an actual relationship, and I, 
right. very rarely like it, but here it's kind of okay because you can sort of see some of the emotions that she's having behind the phone calls. Because what can, Jimmy can do is that he can use his voice mm-hmm. modulator to sound like his old self and call her on the phone just to make sure, you know, hey, I'm alive. I'm coming back. I'm just out of town for a while. So she right. knows that he's alive and she's sort of pining for him. And that sort of not quite a relationship is interesting here because she it, well, it's not interesting here it could have been interesting in that what <laughs> if she gets tired of waiting you know they're not an item there's no commitment there really other than what she wants maybe she well, starts I dating there's a couple of times when guys hit on her and conan gets jealous but it never really goes beyond that right um, and i didn't i didn't really need to see her as a romantic or sexual character i just thought it was an interesting um, no but i wanted to see her moving connection. on oh i mean she doesn't like pine over jimmy in every episode no, no it, it, she just kind of says okay romantic life is on hold until jimmy gets back essentially i mean she doesn't vocalize the, it that way but it's kind of clear that's what it is i think the way to end the series without over suspending our disbelief because it's pretty stretched by now oh is they just over age rachel into an 80 year old woman and they try to make it work no No, give her the poison (laughs) and then they'll just grow up together again oh yeah i guess that's fine (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) you didn't like my suggestion (laughs) the problem with your suggestion (laughs) is that i said it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was the, like i don't even count that anymore <laughs> too easy too easy uh, the problem is you didn't say it in your richard moore voice so it wasn't uh my daughter's been poisoned to become an 80 year old woman she spends <laughs> her entire day texting her grandkids on hotmail and <laughs> looking at old consider cats. consider if consider you consider one <laughs> one richard moore <laughs> consider one myself <laughs> what you see here is a very handsome man <laughs> Um, <laughs> I actually really like that. I like I, I like Rachel's talking to himself in the with mirror. Her <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite a stud. <laughs> I like Rachel's relationship because she does not put up with his crap. But like, yeah, she she doesn't see through the fact that Conan's pulling his strings. They and so she like gives him props when he does something right. They the three but of them so has a very the three of them have a very excellent like dynamic it's not sweet you know no it's no. tough but fair like it's <laughs> it's it's tough love they love they they yeah. they really appreciate having each other around even richard occasionally really uh, likes having conan around he he's displayed some protective qualities he's a bit of a papa bear at times but he like beats the yeah. shit out of him on a near frequent basis <laughs> they they share in the successes when they have trouble they have a quick fight and then they go wander off for a bit it's fine all right it's fine. Um, but but Rachel is voiced by Colleen Clinkenbeard, who was L- Monkey D. Luffy oh, in One Piece. Christ on sale. Okay. And uh, Niece Holystone in Bacchano. Yeah, Niece. I really so. do love that. I love that character. I love that accent. I want Rachel to have an <laughs> eye patch. <laughs> but you don't want her to have super stretch powers? You know what? I think if she had an eye patch, she could pull it off. <laughs> I think I'd be okay with it. Yeah. Stretchy bombs? Like, if mm-hmm. if Rachel came along and, you know, absorbed both Niece Holystone <laughs> and Monkey D. Luffy in the same gulp, that would be her combo power. I like how she's sort of the muscle, because um, now Jimmy is shrunk. Yeah. So she, like, has karate mode, and sometimes they forget. 
like they do forget. She get she, she gets scared and like the murder's coming at her and she just freezes, which is it's unfortunate. More realistic. It's more realistic than the show usually yeah, is. Yeah, but it's breaking but, the, un- the the it's reminding us that the rest of the show is unrealistic. I would have preferred but, to <laughs> you know, she's just kung fu master through and through. But there's some great moments where like you know, they find out about the killer and the killer like grabs a gun and points it at Rachel. <laughs> Punches him in the face. Yeah, yeah. They're like, "Oh no, you you done messed up." (laughs) And she's just like, "Boom, boom!" Just takes him right down. (laughs) And they're like, "We tried to tell you." mm." (laughs) That's not bad. I I feel like that happened not very often when I was watching it. Maybe you saw a couple different episodes. A couple times. A couple times. Yeah. So she's not too bad of a character. I would have liked to see more independence on her part. It really does feel like she's following both of her, uh, both both Conan and her father. I agree. And uh, speaking of her father. So let's talk about the fabulous Richard (laughs) Yes, fabulous detective powers revealed to him the day. (laughs) He, uh, this this character is great. His final beer. (laughs) He finally drank enough to become a great detective. Uh, Yeah. Who is this, who is this voiced by? Uh, R. Bruce Elliott. Okay. Uh, I don't know who that is. Neither do I. Which is a shame because this is a really good voice. And yeah. I love it. <laughs> I I love that. I think they. I think the show knew that Like we're going to construct things in such a way such that even when Conan is talking, Richard Moore is really talking. Because <laughs> at the end right. of every episode, he's explaining it in the voice of Richard Moore. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he... Oh my gosh, I love Richard's character. He, you know, it, it's a dark show, and Richard's such a buffoon. It plays a nice comedic counterpoint. He is. Cause, especially because he's not comedic all the time. Sometimes he's serious and driven. Like Not only is he not comedic, he's also the only realistic character in the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, he's he's a fine detective Some in some regards. He's just really stubborn. Like, he can't see past his first instinct. Which is reasonable because he shouldn't see past his first instinct because that's the real crime. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, mugging. Got it. And this character... Man, this but character then, rules. He's so think, realistic. Think about your complaint about it. Like, oh, you know what? He would be a really good detective in another universe. That means that he's been growing up in this world that works on this odd logic and just hasn't picked up on it yet. No, no, no. It, what it <laughs> means is that he has grown up in a different world and was transported <laughs> to this to case closed. Fabulous secret powers. I, I think he was previously Spike Spiegel. Right. But, um, man, like, think about this. Like, all the <laughs> other characters... Yeah, Jimmy does have arrogance. That is a cool fatal flaw. Yeah. This guy is, you know, a <laughs> semi-abusive drunk. Like, you know, this is a not a good human being. But he's, he's like slightly more energetic, Homer Simpson. <laughs> slightly more energetic and spiteful. <laughs> yeah. Can it, kid? Told you the evidence. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he he does consider Conan his good luck charm because that's when his business took off. And I saw a recent episode. He is a famous detective now. Yeah, like that is the best source of continuity in this whole show. Then he's he's the uh, he's the sleeping sleuth because Conan uses his prank <laughs> dart to knock him out and then yeah. he explains it and they say he goes into a trance to solve the crime. That's like, so cool <laughs> <laughs> that nobody catches it is just. <laughs> 
I, <sighs> and, and when he can't do it, he tries to steer Richard toward the correct answer. Like he, it's like one of those video games where you have to guide a little animal through a dangerous maze, but you can't yeah. like touch them. <laughs> so yeah. Like, no, Richard, Richard, follow the blocks. Use no. the bell. <laughs> yeah, just taunt him this way. He'll figure it out. No, there's a dog. You can't. You can't walk over the dog, Richard. No. You can't no. use the dog with the fence. Are you drunk? <laughs> you, you oh yeah, no. That you are drunk. Okay. I get it. No, he's... I really... Okay, so I don't like the idea that this universe just behaves on non-realism. I like the idea that he is actually a great detective. Yeah. And that he's just outshined by Jimmy, like, before he got shrunk, because Jimmy has the more fabulous cases, right? Everyone cares about him more because it's more fun to watch. Well, I think... Which I think is just a synopsis is, of this show. <laughs> what I think happened, what must have happened is, Richard was a good detective. Jimmy showed up, started kicking him out of the water faster than he could do it. So I think his impression was like, I need to solve these faster before that Kudo kid shows up. I'm just going to go with my first instinct and fit the evidence around it. Well, that's not a bad idea, but I, I like it a little bit less than the idea that... Um, People were just more enamored with Jimmy because, you know, child prodigy and his cases are cooler. Sure. Like, R- Richard doesn't, he doesn't have the thrill of the hunt that Conan has. He has a bit of it, enough to make it a, a career. But he yeah. really just wants it as a career. He doesn't want it as his soul-defining trait. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, he, I, I do like how every time he wakes up, he's like, what happened? And they're like... Dad, you were such a genius. You were so brilliant in solving it. I was, wasn't I? <laughs> yeah, he actually has no recollection of how these cases get solved. <laughs> like, if anyone brought them up again, he would be bewildered. And I like the idea that that's happened many times, and he's too, prou- he's too proud to admit that he doesn't understand. So confessions can be forced, and most of the time, like in the show, it's a lot of circumstantial evidence. I want to see a courtroom scene, because they never go to court. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see a courtroom scene where Richard has to try to re-explain what he never knew. <laughs> yeah, and then he's the sleeping attorney at that point. Yeah, so it's just like, uh, let me just take a nap here. <laughs> Conan just slips in the little booth. Look at his frown. <laughs> <laughs> he's deep in thought. Don't bother him. <laughs> he's, he's got drooling. bubbles coming out of his nose. <laughs> yeah, anime shorthand. <laughs> yep, anime shorthand for people sleeping. Just don't uh, wake him up too fast or you're going to get a hashtag all over his forehead. <laughs> little sweat drop. I like the idea that hashtag is like medical terminology for high blood pressure in Japan. <laughs> like your, 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 your dad really has to cut down in his salt. He's suffering from hashtag. <laughs> Un- until next week, I'm limiting him to only 100 characters. <laughs> <laughs> No more, no more, no more him following the hashtag, the best thing Barbara Streisand has ever written. Uh, <laughs> you got to shorten it down. He just can't handle that many consonants. Uh, <laughs> this is the stupidest joke we've ever made. <laughs> uh, but, but Richard really does tie everything together. Oh, he's, he's so good. So much fun to watch. I just love... I love when he's solving cases in his normal way before Conan gets a hold of it because he does look really smart. (laughs) (laughs) To everyone else. Like, he gets most of the regular aspects of the case. And, um, you know, coincidental malfeasance aside, he would be right every single time. 
Uh, I've seen this trick before. You use a candle to cut through the rope, dropping the weight, turning off the light. It's so <laughs> obvious. <laughs> a simple feat for any sleuth. Yeah, it's. So I love close. it, man. And he's got those. He's got the one-liners, just like um, just like uh, He-Man had. <laughs> the law doesn't stop for bad weather, and neither do I. I, I love. Uh, yeah, his his one-liners are pretty good. They're they're somewhat disconnected. <laughs> from you can't really take him too seriously because then he starts you know laughing to the sky with his arms at his sides and asking for money <laughs> yeah you know exactly what i'm saying yeah <laughs> so you can't take him that seriously but uh, i feel bad for him sometimes when he's like thinking really hard like he's he's putting it in his all and he just can't do it <laughs> you know what uh you know what my favorite part about his demeanor is in a crime scene is that he's berating everybody around him <laughs> no you fool yeah like every okay so the way i saw his character was that he's basically watson for for jimmy hmm yeah, I, I I was impressed with myself as well when I thought that because it fits really well, right? <laughs> well played, my own imagination. <laughs> well played. <You> win again. <laughs> oh, old friend, we meet again. See you next week at our cribbage match. <laughs> our cribbage match, which is played inside of you. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so he's Watson. Yeah, because okay, like Sherlock Holmes time. Watson in the Sherlock Holmes universe is the person who states the obvious solution so that Sherlock can look a little bit deeper. Right, right. And that's basically what Richard is here. And in fact, there's some like professional friendship between Conan and Richard, although Richard doesn't realize it. Like you can tell that Conan really does look up to him in some regard. Not, you know, as much as Arthur Conan Doyle or, you know, Sherlock Holmes. Right. But he recognizes him as a capable sleuth. Yeah, he's not very a great determined. one, but a good one. He know he's, he has contacts. He's pretty good at schmoozing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he abuse he he abuses the friendship a little bit more than you know <laughs> Sherlock and Watson tend to. Yeah, uh, excepting the most recent movies, but well. it's it's very uh, yeah. He's definitely the Watson character here. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. Um. Yeah. So I think so those are, those are the pretty much all we have characters. for characters. Yeah. There's a few. You know, the the kids loose squad. Detective McGuire show, or Inspector McGuire shows up. Yeah. Which did he to... have mutton chops or? I don't believe so. He. <laughs> That's he, a shame. Um, yeah. He's the Lestrade. He he serves as sort of a. But wait, how would that? How could that? Like he questions things so that it's not just Conan as Richard talking for five minutes, which is fine. And they Which do that not. anyway. <laughs> right. Um, later on in the series, there's another detective, Harley Hartwell, who finds out Conan's secret. Like, he pieces it together. Huh. Um, and he's just like, Jimmy, the next town over. Oh, so, nice. <laughs> so, oh, I don't Moriarty. know. Moriarty. <laughs> yeah, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough? Because he's a good guy. Well, maybe Jimmy's the bad guy. I I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> not a bad he's, guy he's just he's getting every good person locked up and forcing confessions yeah all these people are fiercely moral like right. that we should talk one about one more character which is basically the all the one-shot characters yes all the the first half of any episode is setting up um among other things which we can talk about in a second it's setting up the characters that you're going to care about in this episode 
And I think they do a pretty good job of of keeping the viewer in the loop as to who the characters are. Yeah, and you think about that for a second, you're like, wait a minute, half the time we aren't even watching the main characters, and your brain's like, that is incredibly tedious. But no, it's not. Because that is the only thing that allows this show to function. You have to care about these characters, you have to understand their personas in order to resolve these crimes. It, it works pretty well. They introduce like four or five people every episode, so personalities have to be a, a bit thin. But That's usually, true. usually everybody's got one strong motive. They are either very polite or very nasty, and they have some role to play, like a job. Yeah, and, and that can that gets you a lot of mileage. And you know, one of the best things about this show, and let's go into tone and genre if you don't mind. Sure, a lot of the a lot of the fun in this genre, this mystery genre, is trying to guess how the crime turned out before it actually resolves it's it's a classic whodunit right um, so i th- like he, they're setting up all the characters they're setting up the clues and you get part of the way there but jimmy's like there's something that doesn't add up yeah and you're like okay i have all the facts can i figure this out before jimmy and uh some some episodes they do two-part episodes mm-hmm. um usually they gotta squeeze it into one but if they have two part the characters can be a bit more developed yeah I did see some awkward like one and a half episodes where it's clear like they didn't they weren't able to fill the whole time so they just kind of <laughs> review the clues a lot. I I tend to like the genre a lot. I like watching, you know, detective stories play out. I didn't like it in Big O cuz it I don't think the detective part <laughs> was handled well. Right. They, they but it was so they, comical a setting without trying to be that I still enjoyed watching it, but it wasn't as a detective show. Well, they they cue us into the clues, but they don't tie them together. And then you get the big reveal. So there's a lot of buildup of suspense and drama. They do it really well in this. There's there's also just something to be said for, like, the lovable rogue character that is a detective. Yeah. Like, this is pretty prominent in some anime as well. Like, I mean, Spike Spiegel doesn't really fit the situation, but Roger uh, Smith from mm-hmm. Big O sort of does. And uh, more specifically, Lupin Third is kind of that all over. I mean, he's more of a thief, but it's it's a similar archetype. And I think uh, a using big his wits to survive, you know. And I think a difference between that and this is this show. You know, we find it funny because of Richard. It's, but man, it's I love a that character. Pretty, it's a dark and sort of elusive atmosphere. You know, most episodes have a murder, and they don't shy away on the details or like the blood. You know, I actually didn't find it that dire, simply because it's so commonplace. Like, oh, much like Rachel, we are used every... to murder, you know? Right. We've seen it so much in this show that we accept it as part of this ridiculous premise of this of this world. Yeah, murder, and it's weird. They, they sometimes treat murder really weirdly. Sometimes it's treated, like, lightheartedly, like, oh, <laughs> this guy died. Not that light, but, you know. Um, sometimes they <laughs> I don't know, crack- sometimes from Richard. Sometimes, sometimes he's like that. <laughs> wow, lucky stiff. <laughs> yeah, he's like Lenny from Law and Order, like Sergeant Briscoe. They they treat it pragmatically. That's what I call like, a seven ten split. It's dun dun. You should cut in the Law and Order theme after I said that. <laughs> you done? <laughs> I am. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. No, it's okay. <laughs> Joking. Yeah. Um. Sometimes they handle it pragmatically, like um. Okay, tell me the details. What's the body? And sometimes it's dramatic. Where it's <laughs> What's like, the body? I can't believe this person has died. On this <laughs> ship full of people with a motive. I, like, I find <laughs> that it generally they do that when they're about to like climax the emotional plot. 
from one of the characters. Like when, you know, when the murderer is giving his heartfelt, tearful confession, which always happens. <laughs> I love it. Uh, everybody starts treating murder very seriously. Yeah. I think it just, it knows what emotion it's trying to evoke when it's trying to evoke it. Which is a, it's a huge strength in something that plays so closely to like, uh, you know, humans and how they react to something as serious as a murder. The the episodes tend to follow a sort of emotional progression. You're you're you know you start off the episode kind of a blank slate. You gain intrigue, you gain insight, and then you know you're really excited. You're solving the crime, and then oh, we have to deal with the details of the fact that somebody died, justice to be done. But then it's like, well, time goes on. Yeah, you know, and all in a day's it. work. And they all, they do all that in twenty minutes, and then do it again the next episode. Yeah, and it's okay. Sidebar: It is engaging and fun as hell to watch every single time. I do not yes. get bored of this arc. I don't know how you feel about it, but it's the same arc. That's true. It is the same arc. But again, the fun, the fun in you know reading a Sherlock Holmes novel was not in watching Sherlock Holmes change into different kinds of people or watching the plot progress it was about watching him do what he do watching critical thinking problem solving (laughs) that's right everybody loves it they just don't know it until it's (laughs) phrased in a cartoon or in you know sherlock holmes Uh, it's just so much fun to try to figure out what conan is about to figure out although at times it is more or less impossible to do so (laughs) one of the i think most engaging parts of the of the um you know, of the genre of this particular, you know, series mm-hmm. is a lot of the endings are like melancholic or ironic. Yeah. So a, a lot of the times the victim, you know, somebody was murdered, they were an asshole. <laughs> we're all glad they're dead. Yes. <laughs> and the murderer, the Frequently. person who did it, had been wronged by them in the past. And yep. like they do like a like a flashback and it's like <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna take your but firing them and spanking have, it during it. Yeah. You still have to bring them to justice. <laughs> <laughs> like Yeah. It feels bad. It's like, oh dude, like Which is why he, they just fade to black at that your, point. He bullied your son into committing suicide. But then you murdered him, so like and, you, know, you know nobody won. <laughs> they don't want to address that moral issue because it's hard to think about and I don't know if it really has that much place in the in the show which is why they just fade to black as soon as you get the confession <laughs> right did you notice that um, they never wrap up they get the confession and then bam ending sequence well here's the thing they show the epilogue after the ending credits and i frequently forget to watch them i had no idea that there was an epilogue <laughs> 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 I know. To right? this moment, I did not realize that that was the case. <laughs> I, you know, I watched these back on on Adult Swim on Cartoon Network. It took me several times. I was like, "Oh, credits, turn it off, go to bed." It's really bad in two parters. There was one time if you skip the epilogue, you miss an attempted axe murder. There's a like an axe murder comes in, tries to kill Rachel. Conan sprains his ankle. Man, you miss all of that. That's awesome. <laughs> I want to see that. I wish I, I wish I had been paying attention. Yeah, I, I can't believe that. Um, <laughs> it's really, weird. and they have like that, that uh, you know, Rachel's theme where it's like uh, sort of a soft like. I'll cut it in. Sure. And, <laughs> and they, they, that's when they wrap up the loose ends. It's like, wow, I can't believe that, you know, he was driven to 
kill this person. And it's like, well, there's always tomorrow. You know, something sappy. <laughs> Such a handsome face, birthed from a putrid soil. <laughs> Anonymous. <laughs> At all. Um, yeah. Because it doesn't, it, it really does not indicate that there's going to be something after that credit sequence. It doesn't do the... Watch out! Because yeah, normally when it goes to like a commercial break, they, they like slam a dungeon door or something. Man, what is that? <laughs> What's going on? I saw that in your notes. <laughs> it's like they slam a dungeon door at the beginning. And like we're in some sort of weird dungeon and we have to like learn how to solve these crimes. In a crime dungeon? Is that a thing? <laughs> I think so. I don't even know what that is. Some sort of Sherlock Holmes Fifty Shades of Grey mashup? I don't know. Oh my god. <laughs> you know he probably wrote Fifty Shades of Grey. I believe Holmes. it. Yeah, the fictional character Sherlock Holmes, correct? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else you got about the tone and genre? Um. Well, I th- I think. Do you remember you you once mentioned like pathos, ethos, and logos, and I how did. if you if you don't explain what's going on and take care of that nagging thing in the back of your head, you can't really get in- engaged. Mm-hmm. There's a couple times when they don't do a good job leading us into the clues, and so you just stop caring. That's because it's one of the least realistic settings ever. Well, I think, for me, the issue was sometimes they use Japanese cultural references, and they try and play it off like it's cool. Oh, sure. That, that, you mean, yeah, that... Like, they're like, hmm, we keep seeing this number 110 coming up. Wait! Isn't 110 the word for lion in Japanese? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see any. I feel Which like that like, doesn't yeah, happen all that I took a Japanese often. correspondence course. I got an F. That's awesome. <laughs> like, I, uh, did Richard actually say that? Yes. Richard's the best. Richard's <laughs> <laughs> so good. I don't think that Way actually happens everything that often. Nothing at all. Yeah, it doesn't happen a ton. Like, most of the things are pretty universal because a lot of them are like the physics of it like how could you commit this murder when you were over here and we have photographs aha you took the photographs at the same place a year ago in the same clothes yeah yeah, that's classic (laughs) monk really good stuff yeah which again one of the like what have we done so far fucking samurai jack um (laughs) he man this is by far a less realistic setting than either of those (laughs) because those belong in the fantasy genre this feels like it should be, but it just simply isn't. Like, nothing makes sense. All these mm-hmm. crimes are too serendipitous to believe. And it's everything really that crazy. gets noticed is of vital importance. There's an episode where <laughs> Conan and Rachel are walking along, and they see a bird on the on the ground. He's like, oh, he must have got hit by something. And then picks up the bird and, like, lets it fly away. He's like, see you later. That comes back during the murder. Maybe he gets hit. Maybe Richard gets change in $2 bills. That'll come back in the murder. It's so like the worst offender of conservation of detail I have ever seen. Sometimes I like it. Sometimes I don't. I don't like it when he notices things before a crime takes place. That's that's a little bit of like meta-awareness. <laughs> like we're just because, like, that's going to be important. <laughs> and it's really obvious. They like don't have a lot of subtleties about like, oh, this is going to come back later. Yeah, and I think that's the weakest part of the show. Yeah. like It's too formulaic. Isn't this like what Douglas Adams said? Like, if something's impossible, it bring can a towel, and you're and you're okay with it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Stay with me. I only remember the one quote from Douglas Adams. Ben, there were themes in that book. <laughs> were there? <laughs> yeah, there was like timing and themes and like all sorts of. There was romance. <laughs> According only... to which eighth grader? You only <laughs> <laughs> us, Ben. 
This is the eighth grade lit paper of podcasts. I, I love that I called it that and that you've stuck with it. It's it's absolutely true. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but this idea, if some, you know, Sherlock Holmes had this quote, once you rule out the impossible, anything that's left, however improbable, must be true. No, that was Spock. And, well, <laughs> Spock is also related to Sherlock Holmes. Oh, I suppose so. But Douglas Adams in Hitchhiker's Guide turned it on its head. He said, no. Impossible things happen, or seemingly impossible things happen, all the time. But if something has, like, billions to one odd, that needs an alternate explanation. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it hurts your brain when you see these things that can happen, but shouldn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, it, uh, it offends your sense of probability that I think everybody just kind of has. Right. And they do give alternate explanations, but they do with such regularity <laughs> that you just can't believe it anymore. You have to sure. fill in the blanks in your own head. You have to say, well, every case that we look at is like the 50th case. <laughs> like there's 49 just regular Joe Schmo cases that he's doing in the meantime. Yeah. But then you get I, I like to talk idea. about how fast everyone's <laughs> aging and how much time it could possibly take. I, I like nuts. the idea of a couple of like... Like, people working in the police department just going over, like, filing and doing the paperwork for all these cases that Richard (laughs) talks about. And he's like, what do you notice about all these cases? What, like, Richard Moore's, like, always there when the murder happens? You don't think. (laughs) Have you ever seen him and (laughs) Freddie in the same picture? (laughs) Oh, my God, he's the murderer. I'm more like... I'm more like thinking about the idea that they're like going over the case files and one of them is just like, Doug, get a fucking load of this. The murder (laughs) weapon was a fish. No fucking way. Yeah. Check it out. Okay. Dude. Here's how you set it up. Check this out. The murder weapon's a fish. This woman got a broken neck. Okay. No (laughs) contusions or nothing. She's just lying there on the floor. All right. All right. All right. I got this. 10 to 1, you don't got this. (laughs) Just like... them talking about how crazy the plot is and betting on it and i do like that the murderers go to these like rube goldberg esque (laughs) lengths (laughs) rube goldberg accounts for 15 percent of our podcast no doubt this is again another thing from sherlock holmes he says if a murder or or a case has something weird about it it's a lot easier to follow it than if there's nothing spectacular about it at all yeah like if you hate a person Go stab him. Imagine if Conan got a uh, got a case where all of the facts were not immediately at the crime scene. <laughs> like, if he had to do research, he'd probably oh, give up. <laughs> like, oh, I have to contact this company to figure out what their timesheets were. And, well, that's oh, what Richard's good at. You see Richard, like, making phone calls and, like, he knows people. So Richard that, is I actually, think... yeah, he's the Watson, like I'm saying. He's... <laughs> Richard... <laughs> Can we give Richard his own show in the real universe? Yeah, like, can we just... Can we just you clap just watch for Law and Order? Can we just clap for Richard real quick? Just give him a clap. <laughs> Thanks, Richard. You keep on doing what you do. You're you're the real hero, Richard. He's the only hero. He just we'll gets overshadowed <laughs> by superheroes. It's I would have gotten fault. away with it if not for you, punk kid. <laughs> if it wasn't for probability. <laughs> uh, I like the idea of blaming probability for all your problems. <laughs> Just this Curse abstract you, chaos theory. <laughs> you knew astrology. You had, no, you had no way of knowing this would happen. <laughs> is that from something? No, that is no. so good. <laughs> it's 
say that. Darn you. That darn might you be the best chance. joke you've ever made. <laughs> darn you, random chance. There was an equal chance that this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> you uh, couldn't have known that this would happen. Uh, okay. Shall, shall we move on? Let's move, let's move on to animation because we're starting to run pretty late. You're going to be... I mean, we always... The anime episodes that we do, which, by the way, I think we're going to have to call them something different because they're now a special feature. I think, (laughs) (laughs) so think of some egg things. Um, They tend to run a little bit long, which is okay, because I feel like they're more fun also. Yeah. And they're more different. (laughs) I mean, you have to dissect that cultural barrier first. (laughs) Yeah, which I don't think we did too much this time, but um, this is a great show anyway, so it's no big deal. Anyway. Right. We we make fun of it a lot. This is really compelling. This is a great show. It's they do have so much some fun. that are. They do have some episodes that are like heavy misses that just don't explain things very well. But a lot of them are just really good to watch. No negative point can overcome the negative point that is how ridiculous <laughs> all of these circumstantial murders are. Sure. And if you can and, push that to the um, side, is, you're golden. That is one point in the animation. They provide us with the details we need to look at the case. Fucking phenomenal with, segue. With, Go on. Without. <laughs> give it up again huh um give, clap clap for me now clap for okay <laughs> give you give you um, a good old richard moore clap but they give us the details without overloading or distracting us i disagree i mean well really? i only disagree in that it does it so frequently and they overuse conservation of detail that it becomes obvious if you've watched enough enough episodes i suppose so i'm i'm thinking mostly like the things that are most detailed in this show are the physical objects, especially the ones that have to do with the case, and people's faces and their reactions. There's yeah. a lot less detail in the in the bodies and the backgrounds. This is a show that very much relies on character interaction. Even if you don't know those characters well enough, it reflects on the characters you do care about to see them talking. And it does help that a lot of times they refer to like the bit characters as like, what do you think, Doctor? Detective, what do you like? They tell you their role to remind <laughs> Bringing you who everyone they are. up to Cause speed because the, their names don't matter. No, they're they're the samurai. They're they're the Scotsman. No, I mean the bit characters. Oh yeah, they're the robots that get their heads cut off. I love that they all get names though. It is nice, and they actually they do this little. I can't read it because it's in Japanese, but they do this little like bio whenever they introduce somebody. Yeah, that thing's great. They have a name. They they have like their age, mm-hmm. and then. I assume in Japanese it's like name, occupation, whatever they, they're like They don't saying. do that all the time, do they? They do it a lot. If there's like more than two people that you have to deal with. Yeah, I don't think I saw that that much. I saw it a couple of times and I was very impressed. But yeah, yeah, that, I, I, I find that given that they have such a small amount of time to introduce these characters, they do a very good job of personalizing them. Like they can't personalize them that much, but they do a, they do well with what they have, right? They're taking yeah. a page from Conan's book. He's working with what he's given. There's not a great diversity of, of facial structures here. <laughs> I, I actually found that to not be true. I, I feel really? like I've saw, seen a lot of body types in the... Uh, body hmm. types, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that sentence turned seen out creepier than I had intended people. it. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I and uh, the costumes that everyone wears are very expressive of their roles. Sure. Like, I don't know if you if you looked at the wardrobe at all, but... Roger, uh, Robert, Richard Moore, (laughs) Jesus, (laughs) like these R names just roll off my brain, but Richard Moore, 
is always wearing a suit. Sometimes it's crumpled, and that's very expressive. He is a professional in name only, right? Right. You have Conan, who is always wearing a little suit and tie. <laughs> Super <laughs> adorable. Little shorts. This is a cute kid. His little uh, his little shoes. Wait, oh, yeah, you wanted to say something about the shoes. I, w- I will get to it. <laughs> just, it's just right there. Keep, it's the next feed me thing. That candy. It's it's the next thing there, and it's super good. Um, and uh, Rachel Rachel's in uh, you know the schoolgirl outfit, but she's you know it's it's a very active look. Nothing's like tying her down. Yeah, and you know I just watched an episode. There is this sort of strung out guy who is not strung out, but like overworked and stressed out because he is being forced to commit a murder to save his kid, and. You know, he's got, like, this salaryman outfit, and it's all disheveled, and it looks like he hasn't been—he's slouching, and it looks like he hasn't slept in a week. Like, they're just—these characters are just very expressive for their roles. They show a lot of emotion. They do. Not just in their, you know, reactions. It's usually usually remorse. (laughs) It's usually remorse. (laughs) But they they show a lot of emotion in the details of their—just of their posture and their— wardrobe which if you think back to other anime i feel like does not happen very much everyone in hamtaro is standing straight up at all times you know (laughs) yeah and they're all wearing business people outfits or schoolgirl outfits until a slight breeze knocks them over (laughs) yes (laughs) they fracture the clavicle but and and they do a lot with uh stances yeah yeah positions levels richard will cross his arms and put his chin in the crook of his finger and thumb this this would play very well as like a stage play i think yeah but totally i i totally like agree. An, like an agatha christie in the same way yeah in the same way that sherlock holmes would probably be well adapted to to, to the stage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, you know the of... more we talk about it, it seems like the more expressive person the more sherlock-esque person is actually richard because that's what it would be in any Right in, in in any natural setting, this one just not quite. <laughs> the the one other thing I wanted to mention is mm-hmm. that they do a lot with light and shadow. They do the um, chiaroscuro shading, which which uh, you know, murders happen at night. The lighting, you know, if just one candle, they'll do the the slight fade out of the darkness. They it, it draws you in. It adds to the atmosphere of it. I didn't notice that. Um, was it all that prominent? Um, any time that they weren't having a scene in a brightly lit room, mm. it it was very prominent. Um, they they use it to like, oh, something's moving in the shadows. When uh when Conan starts figuring things out and needs to talk to someone discreetly, they'll shade away his eyes, and that's you know that just a like design consideration, but it makes him look really makes him look really like deep throat, you know? Yeah, so other other than yeah. It makes him look like the—it doesn't make him look like the protagonist. It makes him look like the contact in this guy's story. Yeah. Which is super cool, and I love that—I love that um, the, the, the ambiguity they give to him by, by, by that little detail. And they're really, they're really playing up the otherness. Also, when you said light mm-hmm. and shadow, I thought Dr. Light and Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> doing fine work and i just thought you should know that <laughs> so i i've been teasing it uh yes. and it, it probably didn't deserve that much of a tease but that's okay conan's kicks first of all conan has a bunch of like spy devices right he's got the wrist twank tranquilizer sure tranquilizer. which only has one dart really only one at a time 
does he yeah and sometimes he's like oh no what do i do and so instead he like tries to drop hints more or like tries to find another way to knock richard out <laughs> really <laughs> does he just choke him at any point <laughs> <laughs> but um i don't know if he ever uses it to like stop a criminal <laughs> which seems like the logical use yeah well i mean generally he's just solving crimes not actually True. you know stopping an assailant <laughs> hmm the world's greatest detective is right there now is when I'm going to commit my crime. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> they need to see. They need to see how justified I was. You ever think that they want to get caught? Like they feel so bad about oh, it. Oh man, Zane, you're you're really delving into criminal <laughs> psyche there. Shedding new ground. Tell me about the shoes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do they return to the scene of the crime? Okay, never mind. So they do. Always. <laughs> it's funny you should mention that. Conan rarely leaves the scene <laughs> of the crime. They exclusively go to the scene of the crime. If they spend a night in their house, it becomes the scene of a crime. <laughs> they start they're like, "Oh man, I committed a murder in this house. I should try to buy this house." <laughs> okay, Which so is a plot point. <laughs> Jesus. So Conan's other gadgets. He's also got that awesome necktie that is a voice modulator, which is a thing I really want. <laughs> and then he's got these shoes, which I looked it up. What happens is that when he's going to kick, he activates the shoe, which runs an electric current through his leg. Really sweet. And it like makes this reflex kick, which is way stronger than a normal kick would be. But the best thing about the shoe is that when he uses them, it like slows down sort of adrenaline timing when he's, you know, it'll like speed up and he'll be contacting the soccer ball the soccer ball will start spinning like crazy and for that fraction of a second before it shoots off there's this awesome psychedelic rainbow flicker in conan's <laughs> shoes like they just turn into a mini boss from yoshi's island <laughs> like they just turn all crazy rainbow lava lamp color and it's the best thing ever and you have to see it if you haven't that's incredible yeah so, um, uh, sorry for being so belabored in that point, but... That is fine. I thought that was the go, coolest thing in animation. I'm gonna go look that up. Yeah. So, let's, uh, let's finish up on audio. Thank God. This... Why is jazz yeah. so prevalent in anime, and why is it the best jazz? Okay, three, two, one, let's jam. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, it's something about the setting. Um, just the noir, noir and jazz do very well along one another. That's true. And I think we're too... Based on our catalog, we're predisposed to liking noir. I agree. So I, <laughs> this might just be a subjective thing for us, but this jazz is fucking perfect for this. Yeah. But I think... I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the trend is. Cause, you know, this Big O, Bacano, um, Cowboy Bebop... Unfortunately, all, not Darkwing Duck. No. They <laughs> all have this sort of new jazz it's like this big band with really sick saxophonists yeah like yeah. is this the same band all the time <laughs> it's it's like brassy yet it's rock and roll than any it's better than any american jazz i've ever heard oh man like it you you got to go down to like new orleans and listen to some zydeco bands i suppose but i mean like it, it you're not wrong this is great <laughs> music like do you do you have a for a perfect uh, like a favorite track so, the next episode music is my favorite. Uh, I don't uh, recall it's, it. It's so fast rocking. I'll, I'll cut it in. I love it so much. It's, um, <laughs> it's like bam 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 bam. 
So they have five themes that they just recycle again and again. And I'm fine with it because they're all amazing. They're all great themes. But they have different music themes for each part of the criminal. I I said earlier how, like, it's the same, like, sequence of criminal investigation events. So first there's, like, this... And I'm going to go through this slow so that I can cut in the music in a sort of more seamless way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First... Just just tell me about what dream you had last night. Your hopes and dreams. Your fears. There is the interviewing and introductory clue-gathering music. Mm-hmm. Where they're just kind of getting to know the people that are involved in the case, you know, looking around, getting a sense of the crime scene. I'm going to just agree with whatever you say because I don't recall any of the themes except for one. Oh, they're amazing. But I'll be really um, happy to listen to them later. <laughs> there's heavy thinking music when Conan's like deep in thought. He he's he has almost all the clues. He's when he comes to a revelation, one. there's like this really nice sound effect too. Yeah. It's it's. And then, I don't remember exactly what it is, but it's very cool. Then I think there's your favorite theme, which is when he has to move quickly to find something or stop someone. Yes, it's this. It's this incredible like. Is this, he? He's going somewhere. It's this brassy triumph. Just <laughs> that's the only way I could think of to describe it. Just it's so, so good. So this is this. They they use the same theme I think in a couple things with a different. Um, you know, they change up the tempo and maybe the the you know key a bit. Yeah. But it's the same basic melody. It's, it's, and that's jazz and then all over. After that, no, it's all jazz. I know. And then but I'm saying that that final, idea of the just drum. changing the tone, the tempo, yeah. and making a new song out of it—that's so jazz. Absolutely. From Fresh Prince and then of Bel Air. They have they have the dramatic reveal music. You were the killer. The killer was here all. <laughs> you have to cut in each of these tracks, Zane. I'm going to. Like I know that this is going to be a lot of work for you, but I, you want to do it. I, I so love it's that. fine. I love that they like. Okay, these are our three possible suspects. You're the killer, and it's one of the three suspects, and everyone's real surprised for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's usually the person who has been dismissed as possibly being the killer. And well, here's the thing. I love that. I read a, um, when I was in college, I took a, like a survey. It was like a psych exam, but from the English department. So mm-hmm. they like gave me 20 bucks. It, they said, read through this detective story. Um, at each point in the story, we're going to ask you what you think's going on. We're going to ask you some questions. Just please an- answer them as best you can. And they, at the beginning, they gave me a questionnaire that was like, how many detective stories have you read recently? I was busy finishing up reading the complete works of Sherlock Holmes. Yes, you were. I recall this so, at period of your life. So I was like, so if I've been reading that, should I put down like one or should I put down like 80? <laughs> well, they said in the past month. And they're like, I guess put down 15. And then here's the thing. In the story, they listed a bunch of people and they were like, okay. One of these guys probably did it. They all have motive. They all had whatever. And then it was one of them. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't somebody that we had discounted, which is how you write a detective story. <laughs> in, in the Sherlock Holmes, you're saying it was just one of the ones that you knew it had to be. No, like, like, or was, or in the I, survey. I had, never, I had never in the survey. It was one that I had never read before. It wasn't like a Sherlock Holmes. It was just a detective story. But like. The person who did it was somebody that we thought could have been the person who did it. And was it and inc- boring? Yeah, wasn't that incredibly unsatisfying? 
Yes. And let me lead into Zane's psych corner, if you don't mind. Because, uh, which, you know, granted is not a corner that I generally like leading people into, because it makes them not trust me. <laughs> like, it is not well lit. They've got, you know, doctors and, sh- and hedgehogs all over the place, but... Ben, tell me about our mother. <laughs> In any case, um, here's the thing. I don't understand... You might know this. Why do we like being not tricked so much as having our expectations uh, betrayed? Why is that fun? Um, it's called cognitive dissonance. Um, it's actually one of the best ways to teach someone something mm. is you get them to believe something and then you show them something that cannot possibly be true if they believe that <laughs> and it breaks their head a little bit. Huh. Um it's very marine-like of you. <laughs> it's it's a hard thing to set up, but when you do it, it's really satisfying. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're like, like, I do this, I try and do this as often as I can. You know, you say to a group of people, like, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen? Are you ready? Are you ready? And then just something they were not expecting. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that actually, um, uh, I, I thought of it more like maybe, and this might, you know, overlap really a little satisfying. bit with what you said. I thought of it more like underdog mentality. Like, you want to root for the underdog Sure. And, you know, it's just, it's just more, I don't know. It, the, 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 the long shot to, feels more cathartic. It feels more. The trick, to, the trick to doing it right is if you leave any shadow of a doubt that you're wrong, then their brain's defensive mechanism will kick in and they'll be like, no, 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 no. I was right all along. You haven't proven anything. <laughs> but if you show them and they just have no other explanation, yep. like they remember that forever. Yeah, and it and that's makes... What the, that's what the dramatic reveal does, because everyone... The, the people always say, like, oh, well, this is a very entertaining case, detective, but where is your evidence? The evidence is right here all along. It's in my front <laughs> pocket. <laughs> dun, Reach dun. into it, because I cannot move my arms. And then, um, finally, after everything's done, in the epilogue, after the, <laughs> after the credits... <laughs> Uh, they have what's called Rachel's theme, which is, you know, they kind of wrap stuff up. Oh, I'm so sad that, you know, justice was served, but I feel bad. Anything emotional happening. Yeah. <laughs> so they just repeat these this music, and a lot of times it's just a different version of the same song, but it's so good. <laughs> and then the next episode music, which is so intense. That I, mm. You know, sometimes I will watch, like, either this or read a detective story, and be proud of myself for just following the logic even if i didn't come up with it is that dumb (laughs) (laughs) it's fine like if they don't tell you all the clues like if you read encyclopedia brown or something like that if you miss one word like the one word they wanted you to see you have no way of figuring it out (laughs) oh he wrote that the tear went on the outside of her eye or if she's crying a single tear it can only be on the inside of the eye what (laughs) that was a real plot point uh, I don't care. Tell it to me it occur- in it, the voice ju- of an old man from the body of an eight-year-old, and then we'll talk. <laughs> it just occurred to me that if you didn't watch after the ending scene, after the epilogue, they do, like, next time on Conan, you know, and they, like, introduce, like, the situation. And then it has a just a still picture of Rachel and Conan looking at a bill, like, a signpost in the ground. And the signpost has a clue that's going to be important in the next episode. 
and this really racist character of a Japanese guy says, "Next Conan's hint." Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Go check it out. It's really, it's really weird. I'm gonna probably watch more of this show when I when we get done tonight because it's just so much fun. And <laughs> I'll I'll tell you. I the like going back the to the things bird, that we've murder. talked about before. I like that going back to the things that we've talked about afterward because now I'm thinking about all the things that you thought about. And yeah. You know, you're right on the money most of the time. <laughs> but you do have to check out an episode with them sweet kicks cuz it's incredible. That's, man, those pumped up kicks. <laughs> yep. So uh, uh yeah, do you have anything, anything else? else? This I this is a, you know, it's a strong show. I'm glad we got to look at it. It's it's been kicking around my mind. I uh I was on a real kick on this in high school. Uh, in high school, Are you just trying and, uh, to say kick as much as you can. I don't mean to. <laughs> Are you sure? That was like three his, times. <laughs> his mental insistence on using the word kick is clearly evidence that he's <laughs> thinking of something <laughs> important. The cries um, an attachment to his mother from an early age. No, I, I I enjoyed the show in high school, and I remember it being the reason that I stayed up late many a night mm-hmm. watching Adult Swim. You know, for a lot of the people I knew, it was like, oh, Inuyasha, or, what, or like was Family me. Guy or something. That was me. How wrong I was. <laughs> and it's it's like, no, man, case closed. I want to find out what happened. I will say, show, I was watching I want to watch a man die and four kids watch and him die. four children watch. <laughs> Brilliant. That doesn't happen as much as I wanted it to. But I, <laughs> I like that. That are, I like that all of our They're... plot synopses are incredibly wrong because we actually don't know what the show is even about. What uh, in the in the some of the later episodes in the second season, after Richard Moore has this sort of notoriety, we sometimes watch somebody dying a slow death, and they think you can hear them thinking like. Uh, so it was you thought you could get me. Well, little did you know that Richard Moore is right there. He'll, I'll set up this elaborate clue. Like it's really like intense. That's incredible. I I didn't see anything like that. I'll I'll show you a couple of the it's episodes pretty that really stuck with me over time. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I hope you do. Um, if we don't have anything else, what did we, why don't we close up shop? All right. Okay. So. Um... So yeah. Well, what do, what are we what are we gonna check out next time? Yeah. So next time we are taking a departure from both Western <laughs> and Eastern animation because puppets are not animated. A laugh track. Yes, we're gonna put a laugh track in. We're gonna we're gonna see what happens if you turn Jazz from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air into a puppet, and we're gonna be watching <laughs> Cousin Skeeter. Have you watched any of this uh, yet recently? No, I have so not. Far? I watched the first episode. It is. It is exactly as you remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't think that it wouldn't be. Um, and I think I think it's a very relevant show to be watching right now. What with current events, <laughs> well, well, okay. it's it's an it's an important look at the persecution of uh, puppet Americans. Yeah, I mean they are literally just throwing them as they please, hard <laughs> enough to dent a wall. If you look at the still photos of the evidence, like that puppet was not provoking them, and look at the lethal force that they're using. His head could have been cracked, except no, it couldn't because puppet. But, <laughs> <laughs> Right, but it it is really adorable to watch. I hope I think, so. I think you'll like it. I think I'm going to enjoy it, but I don't think I know why yet, and I'm I'm looking forward to I'm finding still tr- out. Still trying to figure it out myself. So uh, after that, we have uh, what 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 are we going to do after that? Next episode's hint. <laughs> we <laughs> jeez. So um, I wanted to do something educational, something from PBS. Ooh, I don't hate that. No. 
And uh, so what we are going to do is we are going to take a ride on the Magic School Bus. I had been thinking about this. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a great show. I remember reading some of the books as a kid. I can trace back my hatred of gingers to this show. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true, everyone. I just That's the first thing that came to mind. He has many other reasons. Yep. The... <laughs> also Captain no, Planet. I'm, I'm... I'm looking forward to it. I I remember learning a lot. I remember it being a really interesting entrance into science. Yeah, that'll you know, be a like, lot of fun. Yeah. I can't wait. And I, you know what? I bet I'm going to learn a lot of science that I'm ashamed I didn't know. <laughs> right. And that'll we be should nice. Really, It'll be a nice twist. chemistry, ending. we should know some things. Yeah. Um, and and I think it's, a, it's really different from anything we've looked at so far. That is certainly the case. Um, the case closed. And, (laughs) (laughs) and speaking of closed, let's close up. Um, if you guys like listening to us, please leave us a like on Facebook, review us on Mm -hmm. iTunes and, uh, tell your friends about the show. You know, they don't have to like everything. You don't have to like everything, but we would love the feedback, even Mm -hmm. if it is negative. Um, we just want to hear what you guys want to hear. And (laughs) if you have anything bad to say about this show... I don't want to hear it. <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> I'm just going to play that sweet jazz music over whatever you have to say. I don't Please care do. how unrealistic it is. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should me around with a saxophone and a hi-hat. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess, I guess we're done. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ben, the case is never really closed. Not as long but, as you uh... have heart <laughs> and sweet goddamn kicks. Uh, Until next time, one truth prevails. If you hate a person, go stab them.